Hello, welcome back to another episode of my Inside Voice podcast. It is 1am. Happy Friday. Happy Venus Day. Happy Shukra Day. I want to talk about hidden mental illness because I think as people that have mental illness and are neurodivergent but are super high functioning we can easily trick ourselves into thinking that we're okay when we're not as virgo season rages on we suddenly have these like bursts of motivation we are well i can't speak for everybody but for me i you know there are days when i feel really productive and i've had those days where i'm feeling really productive where you know things happen I'm like, oh, wow, it's like I'm getting better. I do not have ADHD. I do not have OCD. I do not have like certain learning disabilities. I am not sick. I'm not depressed. Um, I can control my anxiety through A, B, and C. I have got this. I just, you know, I'm like this ever-loving, ever-existing being I feel like I really beat this thing. And then, you know, it's a remind, there's a reminder, there's reminders like, oh, I actually have insomnia. Oh, I actually can't sleep properly. Um, It's like a problem. I do need help. I do need support. I do need to admit to myself that I can't do everything all at once perfectly and that that's okay and that sometimes waking up is really hard and (sighs) sleeping is really hard and doing things that I enjoy is really challenging and I can't do them as easily as I can some other days and for me that admission to myself is not only like a relief but also gives me the space to forgive to slow down to dissolve the idea that there is a perfect way of doing things and that there is only one way of doing things and one speed and one standard and I'm really grateful for the productive days but I'm also grateful for the slower days for the days where I just need that extra hour or two of sleep or I don't have all the energy I can't you know, socialize the way that I want. I can't be out and about 
without having to recharge i need help i i can't cook for myself i can't get out you know there's just things and i know it sounds like really weird to have those days and it be a relief but the pressure to always present being okay and to always present having like I have my shit together is really difficult especially when I know I don't when I know that it's a process when I know that I'm still depressed and I'm still anxious and I still struggle and to know that that's okay to be and to give myself kindness is really important um i actually just changed my mind and this will be a stream of consciousness there will be like thoughts um that don't relate to one another it's not going to be a cohesive story but it's going to be just what's in my brain right now brain dump um so mercury is ingressed into libra and is slowing way 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 down to get ready for his retrograde that he will make, I believe, on September 9th. And for me, Mercury in Libra means this breath of fresh air, this harmony between how you communicate and the thoughts that go through your head and the way that you express yourself. So it's it's really, um, again, the word that comes to mind is forgiving. Mercury in Virgo is a very, it's, it's sort of a punishing transit. It's sharp, it's kind of prickly, it's dry, it's really judgmental in a lot of ways and, and is very um, upfront and direct like in the weirdest most and can be weird and passive aggressive but also you know really smart and intelligent but really self-deprecating behind closed doors right it's 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 really um mercury loves to be in virgo it's exalted in virgo but i think when it ingresses into libra there's more of a softening there's more of a forgiveness there's more of a space to be yourself even if it's flawed and even if it's like like the imperfections and the undoneness of you is celebrated because in in an essence it brings a, a beautiful balance um it's still super cerebral because you know libra is an air sign and mercury likes to be in air signs it's co um it's 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 co-ruled in gemini so it it likes to i i believe it likes to be in air signs and um thrives there because there's still a speed to it but because it's getting ready to retrograde it does slow down um but libra is i think in my opinion a great place to be for mercury um and yeah, it just brings things down and gives you a little bit more of a perspective. It it unwinds you. It it uncoils you and allows you to sort of breathe a little bit with your thoughts and be again forgiving and 
admit to yourself what's really going on with you even if it's hard even if it's challenging and gives you this like sweet release which is what i'm feeling right now um i also had another revelation really eye-opening so whenever i think about a partner or somebody that i want to date and and be in a long-term relationship romantic relationship with i always the number one quality for me is they have to be financially abundant and wealthy and you know i gaslight myself obviously into thinking oh maybe you're just materialistic maybe i'm just very like a gold digger and i've come to terms with that like there is that aspect to it too and then like you know in the zeitgeist in popular culture men love to call women gold diggers when women specify um and prefer men with money or prefer men that are financially secure abundant and generous and wealthy right generous is a big one because you can be wealthy but still cheap you can be wealthy but but still like very um ugly with it so generous is it's sort of it goes hand in hand with wealthy for me but then i sort of deconstructed it a little bit you know i sort of like went deeper i'm like what does that mean virgo season allows you to go deeper allows you to refine things allows you to get to the solution and and master um things that you otherwise maybe just scoffed at and and put away as oh that's just the way that you are so as i dove deeper into why i want it it's not why i i i i I prefer men with money and wealth it's not because i want to be paid for now this is just a personal reason i can't speak for other women i don't know their reasons and to be honest i don't really care and it it's irrelevant to this conversation but for me i'm really hyper vigilant i'm hyper independent i do not trust men you as a man are guilty until proven less guilty there's there's rarely ever an opportunity for you to be innocent in my eyes i am very traumatized i've said this before many times the greatest trauma i've ever faced is at the hands of a man so i work very hard to undo the trauma effects but there's just some impact that keeps me dead inside when it comes to men again it's it's a process it's a journey i'm working on it but as of right now i don't feel anything towards men except this just like get away from me type deal and so i promise this relates to my initial point of why i prefer wealthy men so 
I, I don't, I have this like general disdain for men. Also because every man that I've ever been with or has ever been in my life in whatever capacity has never truly taught me what it's like to be in true masculine form, in true divine masculinity. And I get that's rare. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I just have this like skewed version of the world. But I I don't have a good example of what a masculine is supposed to be. So I have this like convoluted version of my head and I don't really know what a healthy container looks like right in my mind masculine energy is the container and female energy is energy female energy is chaos female energy is this abundant flow so in order for the flow to be channeled properly and to be in its most highest divinity the masculine has to be as divine in its containment of that energy of that feminine energy of that feminine chaos and I don't really know any man that's ever exhibited this container the way that I think would be sufficient at the very least and so for me when a man is wealthy and generous it allows me to be in my feminine because I've been in my masculine my whole life and have had to be the container for so much of my life I appreciate a man that comes to the table solid and contained now contained doesn't mean lack of emotion or repressed emotion or unhealed emotion or lack of emotional availability or expression it just means stability. It means you're a rock in the face of chaos. It doesn't mean that you don't need support. It doesn't mean that you don't need help. It actually means quite the opposite. It means when things are going crazy and shit hits the fan, you know how to manage it Maybe it's, you know, to enlist help. Maybe it's to enlist support. Maybe it's to, you know, bump up the therapy, bump up the um, emotional alignment and mental capacity. Maybe it's to take time off work so you can go on vacation or, you know, whatever it is. You know how to handle it. You know how to manage it properly. You know what chaos means. You have coping mechanisms, healthy coping mechanisms, right? And you lead by example. And for me, men that are financially abundant and generous and like stable, represent that containment. Now, just because they're financially abundant, generous, and stable doesn't mean that they're actually mentally stable or emotionally stable. But I think it says a lot about how they approach life. Now, going back to what I was saying about how I am very hyper-independent and um, vigilant. So for me, if I'm with a man that's broke, 
or that's not successful or that hasn't mastered the material world in that way, I feel like I have to be in my masculine and I feel very hyper aware that if I spend money or if I you know show that I have some sort of money whatever it is in front of that man I'm going to be taken advantage of I'm going to be seen as it's it's gonna affect the power dynamic it's gonna I can't be in my masculine I ha- I, I mean feminine I have to control manage and repress and I can't show my full strength. One of my love languages when I like to give love, we always talk about what is your love language when you like to get love. When I like to give love, it's definitely um, gifts. I love to show how much you mean to me through gifts, buying you things and or spending money on you. And for me, that is a love language. And when I express a love language, I, I, I do it because I know it's safe. I do it because I know people are going to support me and not take advantage of me. I do it because that is how one of my feminine traits gets expressed and feels good. And when I'm with a man that doesn't have his own financial abundancy or hasn't manifested or worked for his financial stability and wealth, and I cannot, and I don't feel safe to express the way that I love, it fucks me up. And so when I'm with somebody that is financially wealthy, abundant, and generous, I want to spend money on you because I know you can contain that type of energy. I know that you can handle it. I know that it's not going to affect the power dynamic. I know that it's only going to improve us because I like that I can spend money on you and you, for lack of a better sentiment, are good for it, right? Like, I don't have to spend this money because I know that you're going to and I know that you love to because you are generous with it and you love me. But it makes me just want to spend on you more and it makes me want to love you more in that way. And so I realize that that's why I want somebody with wealth with an established financial foundation and is stable and secure and consistent in growing that foundation or on top of that foundation and expanding and ambitious that's really important to me because it it gives me that you know security and stability but it also allows me to feel safe and um, gives me the permission to love in a very specific way that is very important for me. Um, and 
it allows me to lean into a part of my femininity that is not easy for me to express when I'm with a man because I've only been with broke men. I've only been with men that are not stable in that way and therefore unstable in a, a lot of other ways. So I realized that. That was a realization today. Wow, that was like uh, mind-blowing actually. It was it was like, oh wow, like and I talked to myself through it because I was and and therefore I'm sort of giving you that finished product. I'm putting it out there because that's how I truly feel and it's and that's that's where the reasoning is behind why the number one trait is in a partner for me is for them to be wealthy, for them to be financially secure and abundant and generous. That is so, so important to me. And then obviously, you know, other things, emotionally available and mature, mentally um, sharp and ambitious, funny, uh, caring, loving, loyal, all of those things, right? Um, but that's a big thing for me. It, it it sort of quiets that voice, that nagging, gaslighting voice that says, oh, you're just a gold digger. Oh, you're so materialistic. Why do you want that? That's too much to ask, you know? It's not. I have very specific reasons why I need that and why that is important for me and why I can't just settle for, you know, something else. For me, that would be settling. For others, it's okay. Um, and I think I will be like that even when I'm rich myself, which I'm working on. I guess I'm not working on, to be honest. And that kind of leads me into my other thought process on abundance and wealth for myself and how that journey is looking because I thought that I was going to be you know in my financially abundant era quicker than expect quicker um I had interviewed for a job I didn't get it it was seemingly a good position great company great you know salary benefits all of that stuff and I was like oh yeah like you know I'm pretty deep into the interview process and then something in my heart was like you know it wasn't it wasn't manifested it it didn't tell me my worst fear in a you know you can't do this you ain't shit way it was more like why are you so obsessed with this job what if you don't get it why are you so dying on this sword why why are you so heavily relating with what you do and how much money you make why is this so important why are you clinging so hard to this and so I had to break that down and I was very much met with the cold reality is that like I very much see my worth in how much I make and I fell into that trap. You know, I, I went from one extreme of being completely 
diverting from financial ambition and then ran to the other extreme of completely being defined by financial ambition and success and abundance. And it really hit me in the face and punched me in the fucking gut and said, you don't need either extreme. You just need to be happy with what's going on right now. And you have three goals to be rich, to be hot, and to travel the world. That's all you need. The rest of that, the middle part, the journey is literally happening right now. So just walk it. Just fucking relax. Just fucking take a breath. And don't be so obsessed with the how. Understand why. Have fun in the now. And know that it'll happen when you're ready. When things align and you're protected you are safe and you're dealing with a lot emotionally and mentally and so that is your own part that is your number one priority right now is to take care of yourself and to be the most authentic version of yourself as it is right now to make decisions that are magnetic and you know attract the right things to you to be healthy in all sense of the word and don't worry about the rest And that was a reality that I needed to hear, but something that I wish that I could postpone because I'm so miserable living where I am. And I don't know what's going to happen beyond next week professionally. So it's just really hard to have faith. And that's just the honest truth. Um, it's really difficult to mentally wrap my, try to wrap my brain around, I don't know what's going to happen. But I know, like, I have no choice. It's not like I'm going to, you know, do nothing and just, like, whatever, but... You know, there's always things that I can do, but then, you know, at at some point you hit a ceiling of what you can do and what you can control. That ceiling's pretty low. And so you just have to try your best and respect yourself, have kindness towards yourself and patience with yourself that you're doing everything you can. And be kind to yourself. Kindness to yourself is like really crucial in times like this. That's a message from me to me because I don't really know what's going to happen next. So having kindness is really important because I have a tendency when I don't know things to beat myself up about it. Like you could do this different. You could do this better. You, 
if you didn't do this, then maybe you wouldn't be here. If you did do this, then maybe you would be here. And, and you know, uh, comparison monster comes out. Self-doubt monster comes out. Self-hatred monster comes out. And it's just, you know, a feeding frenzy. And I think that's what today is right now. That's what tonight represents is just this like feeding frenzy in my brain it's a bloodbath to be honest and I'm really like trying to work through it get through it but it's hard but you move you try and I'm trying every single day and that's all I can do And right now there's a voice in my head saying, well, you can try harder. You can do this. Well, look at that person. Look what they're doing. Blah, 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 blah. You know, the usual shit. But even through all of that volatility and instability, I am very clear that I am trying my best and that I wake up every single day as the day is new. And treat it as the day is new. And that I can do things differently. And that I can choose to do certain things. And that I could try certain things. And be different. And be just a tiny bit better than I was the day before. And that is all I can do. And that is all I can hope for. It feels good to to have that. Even on nights like this where I can't sleep where my brain's going and I'm just really stressed out it feels good to sort of have that in my back pocket it doesn't really improve the situation but at least I know somewhere in my brain that it's okay that things are actually fine that I'm doing my best and that's all I can hope for And that, you know, another thing that's, like, really stressing me out right now is, like, I have a lawn that's, like, out of control. I don't have a green thumb. I don't like to garden. I don't think it's, like, I like the end result, but I don't like actually doing it. I'm not, like, a a gardening person I love nature I love like walking in it I love doing all of that but I'm not good at upkeep and maintenance and I just heard my neighbors are like oh my god like my window's open right and I just heard my neighbors talk a bunch of shit about like how the lawn's not done blah 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 and it, and it just like affected me more than it should have probably because I'm so porous right now because my mental state is not in the best state. It's not strong. I'm not very stable. And so it just like, I just absorbed it like a sponge. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, how do I reconcile this? And I've been looking for, I've been trying to look for like, you know, gardeners and stuff and it's slow. But eventually I'd like to pay somebody to fucking clean this shit up, which is my goal before, you know, the first snowfall, before it starts to get really cold. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, again, I'm doing all the things. 
I'm doing what I can to figure this out. And that's all I can hope for. And, you know, it's okay. I absorbed some criticism. I sort of took it to heart when I shouldn't. I gave too many fucks. I had too many fucks to give. And, um, you know, it affected me when it shouldn't have. But it's hard right now for things not to affect me, for things not to trigger me. I think it's kind of the universe's way of... I don't fucking know, to be honest. I I don't know what it is. It might be the universe's way of, you know, pressing my buttons and kicking my ass. But also that's life you're constantly in this world to be triggered and you have to constantly manage and either you can let it get to you and let it ruin your sleep like I'm doing right now or you can cope in a healthy way which is also what I'm doing right now so both things can be true at the same time I think that's one of my favorite traits of like Gemini's and Gemini season and Gemini energy is that a lot of different things can be true and exist and coexist at the same time. It doesn't have to be either or. It can be all of the above. So that's really cool. And I think as humans, we're so complex, but we always try to simplify who we are for the sake of picking a side. And I think we can be both. I think we can be all of the above. I think we can take traits from something and take traits from another thing and then have that be a thing on its own. Um, but yeah. That's kind of been weighing on my mind. I know it's so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. Um, also, I have this like incredible guilt in the Northern Hemisphere right now it's very hot it's summertime and so I have this incredible guilt that I'm wasting my summer um because you know weather reports and forecasters are saying that it's going to be like the craziest winter of all years and it's going to start in like fucking October and all of that I'm like great I wasted my summer because I'm completely mentally unstable and that's something that I have to like forgive myself for like I spent my summer healing and unraveling and discovering and understanding and accepting and loving not every summer has to be this like orgy of extroversion I can spend it the way that I need to, the way that it feels right to me at the time. Again, it's about giving myself some kindness because I realize that as I do my inner child work and inner parent work and reparent myself and, and, and discover different versions of myself that have lived in different lives, but also my entire childhood, as I've evolved to be this person, that whenever I'm unkind or sort of sabotage and self-destruct I'm not just doing it to the current version of myself I'm also unkind and self and, and destructive to all the other versions that two-year-old that six-year-old that 
you know, 17 year old, that 21 year old, that 25 year old, I'm, I'm doing a disservice to all of them. Right. And my job as my work and my journey into reparenting all of those versions is to actually see and accept and love all of those versions and be nice to them at the very least and understand and give them some structure and safety and security and and allow them to be a kid again allow them a childhood allow myself a childhood that was ripped away from me at a very young age um and allow them the grace and the space to do whatever the fuck they want and create structure and rules and you know time for play and time for reflection and all of those things that I really never got as a kid which I don't blame I don't blame you know even though I do blame but I don't blame because you know the parents that I got weren't really parented well either. So they, what were they supposed to do? What can they do, right? But at a certain point, that excuse is really frail. It runs dry. And you have to sort of understand that you were neglected and abandoned and abused. So again, both things can be true. So I'm just trying to be better at being better to myself as it affects my entire self and not just this current version. And even if it just affected this current version, it's still not good to be unkind to yourself and impatient with yourself and not give yourself the space to be fully expressive in who you are. And not give yourself a chance to be authentic and real and raw with yourself. That's not fair to this current version. But also, it's not fair to any version. So as I move through this journey from that lens, I allow the softness. I lean in to, to, the, to the nourishment that I give myself every single day. And that comes out in a lot of ways. It's not just verbal affirmation. It's, you know, taking care of my skin, taking care of my body, getting sleep, um, but also understanding that self-care looks different every day at this time. Um, Giving myself the consistency of being inconsistent sometimes or allowing days to look different. They don't always have to be look the same um there are some non-negotiables but overall my days can look different and that's okay and that is sort of part of that feminine chaos that I was talking about earlier and another journey that I'm on is healing the inner masculine and healing the inner feminine within myself because I think the big the best relationship that you're going to have in your external world is always going to be the reflection of how you relate to yourself about the relationship that you have with yourself that that projects out into the world so within so without right 
So as I, you know, get really clear about the divine masculine outside of me, I have to really understand, deconstruct, and heal the divine masculine within me. And again, it's not a perfect linear journey, but it is work that's worth doing for me. And as my masculine self is given the space to flex its muscles in a more in a healthy way i said i talked about before how i was put in positions my whole life to be masculine to exert that masculine energy to be that container for you know others i have to be that container for myself I have to divinely masculinize myself and that looks very different from what I've done in the past. It's not always this, you know, guarded, warrior, walled up, repressed, emotionally vacant energy. It's very open. It's very strong. It's solid it's healed, it's spacious, it's generous, it takes up room. Um, but because I've been in my toxic masculinity for so long, it takes, a, again, it takes a beat, it takes a minute. Um, so a neighbor passed away and his son came over and I answered the door and was like oh he was like oh my my um my father passed I know you're his neighbor blah 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 he was talking about the lawn too which also triggered me but whatever um and it was like a very short conversation I was working for like I was working it was in the middle of the morning and I was like I guess I was like very short with him or I was like my energy preceded me, right? And I think I talked about that in the last episode. Your energy precedes your words because people can feel we're sentient beings. So I guess maybe my energy was like very closed off. Again, the way that I treat men that I don't know and that I don't like is guilty until proven less guilty. So I guess that energy like, again, preceded me and men have a really funny way of dealing with women that aren't like the way that they expect women should be it's i've talked about this in my episode brown boy syndrome so go ahead and listen to that because i think it's like a really cool episode to sort of unravel this 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 phenomenon but i think when a masculine gets in the presence of a feminine that isn't stereotypically feminine at all it's very it gives them it it makes them very uneasy and it's like very visible how uncomfortable they feel they don't know how to deal with it their inner competitor comes out they get very like um in their head uh, very insecure, very, um, honestly, this is like the worst 
toxic answer but it's like fucking hilarious to me and this is what this guy did he was like in a kind of like in a combative stance um i because i have very strong eye contact um i gotta stop saying that i was in my toxic masculine because i think for a reason actually i was i am currently healing my toxic masculine um i give it a lot of grace and patience and forgiveness but it's still there and so um you know i'm very guarded i don't trust um it's also the scorpio capricorn my mars is exalted in in capricorn as well so sometimes i mix up a strong masculine with toxic masculine um but i have both so i know that just contradicts what i just said but i'm just like i'm in the moment right now so i'm going to like edit as i go so bear with me if you're already if you're still here 45 minutes in oh my god i don't know how long this episode is gonna be but here i am um it's 2 30 jesus a.m okay so yeah he was just very like it was very competitive and and i again i talk about this in the brown boy syndrome episode where that is one of the reactions that i get from men um you know like very they feel competitive with me and very defensive which i don't care like i'm not looking to um open you up or be nice to you at all (laughs) or be nice to you at all or you know I'm not looking for approval I don't care that you I truly I I give a lot of fucks about a lot of things that I shouldn't give a fuck about but I truly don't give a fuck about how I come off to a man and what he thinks of me and what what archetype i should exercise in front of them i don't give a fuck about that i am who i am um you know and i'm working through it but right now this is what it is and then the reason why i bring this up is a very short conversation um just like not you know it's i'm like okay like i i truly wanted him to go away so i i guess my energy exuded that like it really said that because he like ran away um this fucking man that reminded reminds me of like a mushroom and then my mom like went over to their house in our culture like you know you go over to their house you pay your respect or whatever after the funeral and she went over and she was telling me about this man that she was talking to, like his son. He was so nice. I'm like, are we talking about the same guy? And I described him and she was like, yeah. And I'm like, really? And so I told her about the interaction and she just like laughed. She's like, oh God. She's like, well, he got you. And then he got scared. And I, I like threw my head back and laughed because it gave me this like fucked up, sense of satisfaction that i make them i they fear me and i said that like a long time ago when i was like really fucked up about men i still am to a certain extent but when i was like i just wish that men would fear me i don't want them to like me i don't want them to love me i want them to fear me right and not like the whole michael scott quote like i want people to fear that they love me so much no i want them to fear me that they fear me so much 
I know. It's fucking crazy. My power, my my egoic need for this power dynamic to take the power back that I've given up so freely to men, voluntarily or not, is like all out of whack. I'm working on it. It's a work in progress whatever um so me and my mom just laughed because my mom was like he was so nice he was so open she's like he literally because they're our neighbors so when my mom was walking back from their place to our place he like chased after her i was like oh my god like thank you for coming blah 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 and he she's like you know when we were talking everybody was like circling my mom has this like very she is the most feminine right like double pisces like virgo moon like so so feminine so she's so open and in my opinion like a little bit too open and so she just attracts right and so obviously he felt more comfortable with her obviously he she's like he was talking about like his father's condition and like all this stuff i'm like wow that's like a completely different person that i talk to but like you know that the the difference is is clear um i i am just not open to that type of like i'm not open to everybody i'm not open to anybody any man really children women yeah children love me i get kids when they walk with the, like their family and stuff like outside when I go for my hawker walks they like run up to me and hug me they wave to me from like across the street little children because I am so open and loving to them because they are so beautiful to me and even like women I get women like coming up to me and they they like I love talking to them and you know being this like beautiful open vulnerable caring person with them men though i'm just like an iron vault like it's you're not getting shit from me you know and it's again it's this like fucked up sense of power and it's it's crazy i know um and like at the same time i'm like very like it makes me laugh because i said um to somebody i was talking to somebody i'm like this is kind of the i'm not approachable t- for men um i i i give off like a like a a walk i'm a walking middle finger for them um i give off very much don't fucking talk to me don't even look at me um stay at least six feet away from me like social distancing I was doing that before it was a thing right when it comes to men and I was saying that if I meet a man that can get through all of that and can earn his way into my life in a positive persistent consistent calming strong way that's the that's that's the one for me that's who I'm supposed to be with for 
83 lifetimes. And I haven't met him yet. And it's not like I'm doing this on purpose. It's not like I'm creating this like force field around me and I'm testing them, but kind of. And so far, it's just this line of unworthy men. And maybe I'll end up end off with that. I'm as I feel more worthy and secure in myself, I understand and have more compassion for men that don't feel worthy within themselves. And that isn't a bad thing. But that's something that I'm trying to heal within myself, but also stop attracting men that are, that don't feel worthy within themselves and stop resonating with that. Stop dating for potential. Stop loving a version of them that doesn't exist yet or will never exist and, and take them off the hook. You know, stop putting so much pressure on them to perform a certain way when they don't have that capacity. And just focus on healing that part of myself that so needs to be affirmed by men that I forget that the only affirmation I need, the only justification that I need, the only love that I need is from self and that trust that that will be reflected in the external when I'm ready I love you peace